Hi, this is John with Prodigal Church. We're so glad that you've downloaded this week's message. Our online ministry has enabled people from all over the world to access our weekly teachings. We're so grateful for you, whoever you are and wherever you are. For all things Prodigal, download the Prodigal app at your app store. And if you consider Prodigal Church your home, would you consider donating monthly at our website, prodigalchurchfresno.com. Thanks again for listening online. Now let's dive right into this week's teaching. In September of 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, we as a church were meeting virtually and we were also in need of hiring a youth pastor. Interviewing over Zoom isn't necessarily ideal, but when I Zoomed with Addison Lyons, uh, man, we had a great time. We hit it off. Um, our vision, uh, our culture, um, the trajectory where we were going, where he was going, uh, really felt like a great fit. And when we hired him, not two weeks later, um, we discovered, man, that this guy is um, unbelievable, loves Jesus, loves people, and is a great fit for our church. Not only has he and his wife, Colleen, been a great blessing to our student ministries, but they've been a great blessing to our entire church. And so I am pleased to welcome Addison Lyons to the pulpit this weekend here at Prodigal Online uh, to share God's word with you. So would you please welcome our student ministries pastor, Addison Lyons. Hey Prodigal, I'm so excited to be here with you today and just hang out and talk about Jesus. There's this weird phenomena that's unexplainable in science that I might have made up, um, that you might have experienced yourself or maybe that you've witnessed. Uh, this thing's called man searching. In this weird science phenomena, there's a subject, usually a man, who's tasked with going and finding a very specific item. They gotta go to the store, they have to go to another room, they have to go somewhere to find something. The subject usually goes and they have this information. They know what they need to find and where they need to find it. So they'll go into the room, go down the aisle, stare blankly for a little bit, maybe walk around in circles, eventually return back empty-handed. The person who charged the subject, usually a, a spouse, to go find this item, will then frustratingly get up, walk to wherever it is that they said the item was, find it, and show off their great detective skills to the subject. The subject is usually in shock when the person returns with the item. They had every intention of finding it, they just couldn't actually put it together and find it. It's funny how we can have all of this information at our disposal and still fail at the application. If you're like me, every new year, I make resolutions. You might too. I know that I should do things differently and I know the consequences of what happens if I keep doing things the same. Every January 1st, I start the year with hope and promise. I'm gonna lose weight this year. I might be nicer to people. I'm gonna learn a new skill this year. On January 1st, all of those resolutions sound like perfect things. Until the world hits us with other plans. Might end up playing something like this. I had every intention of going to the gym every single day this week. But I got caught up at work. One day I was too tired. One day I was too sore. So I didn't end up going. Or it might sound something like this. First few days of promising to be a better person, I hold the door for people, maybe I go and get people coffee at work, I even thank the person who cut me off in traffic. 
Then Charles and HR didn't process my vacation time in enough time, and now I don't get to have my vacation with my family. Or maybe it's something like this. I wanted to learn how to play a new instrument. I wanted to learn how to play the ukulele. No reason, I just thought it'd be cool. Bought the instrument, actually bought two. I bought the tutorial books, I watched the YouTube videos, I even downloaded an app to teach me how to play. Those instruments are sitting in a closet somewhere in our house and I have no idea where the books are. What if we had a different resolution in 2022? What if our resolution for this new year went something like this? I want to grow more in my faith and do more with what Jesus has given me. We all know someone who has a really strong relationship with God. It seems like they actually know God and you can see it in the way that they live their lives and treat other people. But also we know people who say, you know what, I don't really know God very well. Or I only believe in God because it's what my parents taught me or it's what my spouse wants or it's what my pastor says that I should do. Now there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. We all have to start somewhere. We all learn faith from somebody else. But our hope is that we don't stay there. A faith that isn't developing or growing is a static faith. Now what is a static faith? A static faith might look something like this. Going to church because you want to be seen and not actually wanting to connect with God while you're there. Talking a certain way, using the churchy words because you want to sound cool or because you want to sound like you know what you're talking about, but you don't actually know what those words mean or how to put them into motion. Static faith might be believing in something because your parents or grandparents said you should. It also might mean being one person at church, but then being a completely different person at work or at home. At some point, we all have static faith, a faith that feels like it's someone else's and not our own. This is not necessarily a bad thing because it's where every single person starts their faith journey. But it's not where you should remain. In fact, part of becoming a more mature person in our faith is moving from a faith that is someone else's toward a faith that's our own. So how do you keep your faith from remaining a copy of someone else's, something that isn't yours? How does what you believe and what you do with what you believe move from something you were taught to something that you live? How do you move from a faith that's static to a faith that is more authentic? Today we're going to talk about that. Maybe it's not that complicated. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus already, this may be a great opportunity for you to grow in your faith. If you haven't, that's okay too. This may be an opportunity for you to just listen, check things out, and see if this is something that you want to consider. Either way, here's fair warning. What you're going to hear may surprise you. Most of this isn't that complicated because the reality is God wants you to grow in your relationship and in your faith more than you do. God is interested in a real faith for you too. So you're not going to hear a bunch of complicated, um, difficult hoops that you need to jump through from me. In fact, as we'll see today, sometimes training a faith that we're copying for faith that is our own is actually more uncomplicated than it may seem. Before we look into more what faith in action is, 
I first want to look at what faith in action isn't. First of all, faith in action is not doing good deeds in order to buy your way to heaven. Many throughout the long, confusing history of the church have said, in order to get into heaven, you have to work to earn your spot. They have viewed this almost like a bribe or a transaction. You don't get into eternity in heaven unless you spend 6,000 hours volunteering at church, 2,000 hours volunteering to clean up your city, 800 hours volunteering at a children's shelter, and 25 nights a year where you open up your home to a homeless person, and if you don't do all those things, then sorry, heaven is not for you. No, that's not the case. Second, faith in action is not doing things in order to win God's approval. The good thing about our God is he accepts us for who we are, baggage and all. There's nothing that we can do to make him love us any more or love us any less. Even if there was something to earn God's approval, we serve a perfect God, and no matter how perfect we think we are, we're going to fall short of that mark at some point. Third, faith in action is not doing things to make us look like good Christians in front of others. A faith that yearns for the approval of others, whether it be coworkers, pastors, family members, friends, is an inauthentic faith. Those actions are self-serving, and eventually they will leave us feeling inadequate. So now that we've addressed what faith in action is not, let's take a look at what it is. We're going to look at a parable from Matthew chapter 7. This illustration comes out of the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most recognizable sections of the New Testament. The entire sermon is a talk about what your life would be like if you had this big, vibrant, alive faith. The entire sermon can be read as a list. Not a list of things to do in order to win God's approval, but a list of things we get to do because God already accepts us. The list of things Jesus talks about is not about earning a relationship with God. It is about what people do when they have a relationship with God and about how these things make your faith more alive and personal. Jesus mentions things like love your enemy, give to those in need, Pray. Don't worry. Again, this is a list of things that we shouldn't read as that's nice to know or that's really nice that God wants that for me. These are things that we do because we believe in Jesus. See the difference? The difference is between knowing what to do and actually applying that knowledge. I want us to look at the end of the Sermon on the Mount and see Jesus' closing thoughts. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 7. We'll be looking at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, verses 24 to 27. Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 27 says this, and remember this is Jesus talking. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and it fell, and its collapse was great. Okay, let's look at this passage piece by piece. First, let's look at verse 24. 
Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Notice Jesus mentions two ideas, his words and putting them into practice. They go together. It isn't enough to say, I heard a sermon preached by Jesus. There's more to having a real authentic faith than only hearing words. As followers of Jesus, we can sometimes feel like hearing is the whole point. We fall into this trap of thinking, attending church, attending a small group, listening to Christian music, reading your Bible is just enough. If we read or hear the right things, sing along with the right songs, go through the right motions, and say the right things, then we're good. As great as it is just to show up, as great as it is to read our Bibles, as great as it is to participate in community, if we don't do the things Jesus talks about, things that actually reflect a change in our heart, then we have this static faith. Think about wanting to become a doctor. You can sit in on some class lectures, learn the skills that it takes to be a doctor. Then you might think you want to volunteer in an office to kind of get a feel about how a doctor's office works. Then you might watch some YouTube videos on heart surgery to kind of get a sense of what that looks like. You might even surround yourself with doctor friends, but you can't walk into the pre-op room at Valley Children's Hospital and tell a parent, hey, I read this book on cardiology and now I'm gonna operate on your child's heart. That's not gonna work, right? They wanna see degrees, they wanna see credentials, maybe some awards of service, maybe some testimonies of people that you worked with. They wanna see what you have done to give you credibility to work on their child. Similarly, Jesus is saying that there is more to our relationship than just hearing the words. In fact, there were plenty of people, people who were physically present while Jesus was preaching this sermon, people who were there, people who heard his words, and they chose not to follow him or develop an authentic faith. Again, hearing and action are two different things. So Jesus starts with verse 24, then he continues on. He says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on a rock. Here, Jesus points out the reason why the house made it through the storm. It wasn't because the man knew about the storm or knew how to build a house. He knew all of those things and then he did it. Then Jesus talks about the flip side of this idea. He says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. He's talking about people who are just going through the motions here. These are people who say, I read my Bible, or I went to church this week, or I listened to only Christian music this entire week. That's good enough, right? See, we can have 100% church attendance, we can know all the right Bible verses, sing all the right songs, and still create a foolish disaster because we didn't do anything with that knowledge. If we don't apply what we learn, then it really doesn't matter. When it comes to faith, application is everything. And then Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount, verse 27 says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and its collapse was great. One house survived, one house did not. It wasn't hearing the information, it was actually doing something with it. Real, 
authentic, vibrant faith is about doing, not just knowing. So this all sounds good, right? We can go out into the world right now and we can live like Jesus perfectly and the world's going to be a better place. Phony, right? I understand we all have different circumstances that might make putting your faith into action pretty difficult. Maybe you work in an environment where it's not conducive or even legal to openly talk about faith. Maybe you work in an environment where it might be taboo to talk about faith with coworkers. Maybe you're thinking, I just don't have time to go put my faith in action because I'm so busy with work or kids activities or sickness or anything else like that. Maybe you work in a tough job and you're thinking, if I put my faith into action, it might compromise my job or my life. Maybe you're new to faith and you're still trying to figure out this whole Jesus thing. You might be thinking, well, you know, this sounds really good. I just don't know what to do with all this knowledge. All of these are very real thoughts and your feelings are valid. The good thing is faith in action looks different depending on the context that we're in. So what does it actually look like moving forward? I'm not saying that hearing the words of Jesus aren't important. They are. So is going to church, reading the Bible, being in community with others. After all, you can't do if you don't know. But as we've said before, simply knowing isn't enough. We know that through prayer, reading our Bibles, and living in community with each other are tools that we need to live out our faith. See, when you know who Jesus really is, everything about your life changes. It changes how you treat your friends. It changes how you treat your coworkers. It changes how you treat your family. It changes how you treat strangers. But none of this happens without doing something with the things that you hear. James, one of the authors of the New Testament, who actually saw Jesus at work, writes this letter to members of the early church. He says this, But prove yourselves doers of the work, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and has gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. That's James 1, 22-25. So what are some different ways that we have heard that we can put into action? Let's think of some of the different contexts of our lives. Many of us, myself included, work in a place where for various reasons, legal or otherwise, we can't openly talk about our faith. I understand the frustration this creates. In this case, maybe we need to be more covert with our faith rather than over. Instead of preaching to everyone that we see, maybe we check in with a particular coworker. Maybe we take some load off of someone who's clearly having a rough week. Maybe we refrain from certain conversations in the break room about other coworkers. Maybe we're simply beacons of light and hope rather than black holes of darkness and despair. It's not a matter of hiding our faith because we're at work, but it's about finding different ways of showing what Jesus has done in our lives. 
Maybe we're activating our faith at home. If Jesus is going to be seen in our lives, he needs to be seen in all aspects of our lives, public and private. Maybe you don't have to be right in every argument. Maybe you need to show more patience to your spouse. Maybe you need to give more time to your kids when you get home after a long, stressful day. Maybe you need to disconnect from social media in order to be present. Maybe it's refraining from saying that one thing that you really want to say, but doesn't necessarily need to be said in that moment. Maybe it means being a more caring and understanding neighbor to those who have different political and social views. Lord knows we've had lots of practice with that over the last couple years. Maybe patience, love, and understanding are better ways of activating our faith than trying to convince somebody that our view of, insert issue here, is right and theirs is wrong. I'm not suggesting that we do this 100% of the time. I'm not suggesting that we're not going to mess up. In fact, these are just examples of things you probably heard if you've been here at Prodigal long enough. The point isn't to be the perfect Christian performer. The point is, people who develop a real and authentic faith learn and hear what they apply. They move, they try it, they give it a shot, and when they fail, they try it again. And over time, practicing these actions becomes one thing that moves their faith from static and impersonal to personal and vibrant. One simple exercise is to look back on things that you've learned recently and ask yourself, am I doing this? Am I even trying? Or am I being fooled into thinking that simply knowing is good enough? Sure, it takes work to put some of this into practice, but I'm gonna tell you what else is true. Practice makes our faith more real. Let's be honest. It's one thing to hear about how God is using you to serve others. It's another to actually experience it. It's one thing to hear about how following Jesus changes everything. It's another to see how Jesus is changing your own life. It's one thing to believe that God's word is true. It's totally different when you see God's word in action in your life when you apply it. See, this is how we can grow in our faith by putting it into action. As we close today, I want you to know that God wants you to have a personal, very real faith of your own. God doesn't want a relationship that's a copy of someone else's. God wants a real relationship with you based on the experience that you have had. It takes doing something with what you know in your own life. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the wonder that you have and the love that you show for us and the willingness to want us to grow in our faith. We pray that as we hear things, whether it's through your word or through sermons or through music, that we take what we hear, sit with it, and then go and apply it to the world. We love you and we thank you and we pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us online at Prodigal Church Fresno. Next week, Pastor John will be starting a new series called Fresh, where we're going to be looking at the fruits of the Spirit. Can't wait to go through this walk with you guys. See y'all next week.